Welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast, where we are in pursuit of living life abundantly, not held back by our body size or our symptoms, nor are we held back by our hurts, habits, or other obstacles in life. Learn the secrets to crush it in your health, wellness, relationships, and spiritual life. I am Danielle, your host and practitioner. And in this episode, I am fulfilling what I said I was going to do, and that was share with you what 2023 has taught me. And I do this every year. I've actually started this since I think 2016. I have been actually keeping track every month of what I've learned. What has that month taught me? And it's it's so that um, I just, you know, heads up here, and I'm going to get into it here shortly um, with one of my months of things I learned, is that I struggled when I was a child, a teenager with depression. And what I've learned as a naturopathic doctor is that there is no... You don't either have depression or anxiety. You actually have a spectrum. It, both of them are a spectrum. So you're, you're like on the spectrum, right? And this practice of keeping track of what I've learned each month is, it helps me stay focused that, oh my gosh, it wasn't a waste of a year kind of thing. Um, some people like to keep gratitude lists and there are places for gratitude lists for like, you know, um, attitude adjustments and just making sure that it's a short term kind of satisfaction thing. But for me, um, I'm an all or nothing personality and I struggle with, well, if I didn't get my gratitude list written every single day, um, then I'm just not going to do it. So instead, I've gotten into the practice and I have done this for years, probably decades that before I go to bed, I just um, pray to God and thank him for two to three things I'm, I'm grateful for and the blessings that he provided that day. Um, And so just because I don't write them down doesn't mean I don't do it. And that is kind of a mind shift that I've had to have that what works for me is keeping track of what's happened each month of the year. So without further ado, let's go into this. January of 2023, I want to give some background and some information about this before I go into what I actually learned. You see, October of 2022, I was two months from a stroke and I knew that because I took some functional labs. And soon after I had done the functional labs, I had my first panic attack I'd had in a decade. Um, My last panic attacks were in my 20s and I hadn't had one so deep like I had then. It was just like I was constantly on the edge and I was wondering if I was going to have to go to the hospital. Um, It was that bad. And this panic attack, I should say. And what I realized is that I had been running so hard. My body had just been running for so hard since I started my business, if I can be honest. When my husband and I moved to Southwest Ohio, it was a fresh start for us and I refused to volunteer or work or do anything um, outside my home for a period of time. And that only lasted like a year and a half, (laughs) Um, which is good for me. It was good for me. But Uh, It only lasted a year and a half and I forgot this idea of rest and going slow and it's not my personality's natural trait to go slow. (laughs) Um, I'm all in or I'm all out. (laughs) Kind of like the all or nothing mentality. I'm either all in or all out. And I so overwhelm, this is what I learned, is that overwhelm has been my constant companion and it's because of me and how my brain works. So I realized back in October, but I actually learned it um, in January, is that I need people in my life to sort out my thoughts and help me stay focused. And what that looks like for me is I'm part of a high-level mastermind 
for women in business and it's mostly moms that are entrepreneurs and it's this space where we focus on our health and fitness and um, just you know getting to the doctor's appointments getting you know doing all the things it's it's about getting um, those walks in instead of choosing to work the whole time it's about our relationships making sure our marriages are strong and making sure our relationships with our kids are strong um, making sure our self-care is taken care of like are you showering are you uh, getting to your doctor's appointments are you doing you know buying whole foods all of those kinds of things um, and it, it's all also about our um, environment um, who are we allowing around us? Who are we, um, what are we allowing around us? What is our environment chaotic? Does it feel chaotic? Does it have people in there that doesn't belong? Does it have, you know, clutter and whatever? And I'm a queen of clutter. Um, I will I will have a clean house, but I will probably always have some form of clutter in my house. Uh, organized clutter, that's what it is. Um, because I don't make the time to go through it is the problem. So, I need people, oh, and then obviously working on our business, like high level business things so that we can scale and we can keep our family a priority and our relationship with God and all of that kind of stuff a priority. But I realized that overwhelm has been that constant companion and it has controlled me for far too long. And I think I did an episode over this a while ago, maybe not, but I'm going to share this. In October after I had that, so I had um, functional lab work done, had the panic attack, and then all of a sudden I listened to this podcast episode by my mastermind uh, mentor. Her name is Tracy Harris, and she has the, if you're in business and listening to this, her podcast is called Mums, M-U-M-S, with Hustle. And I was listening to a podcast there, and I had never heard of this idea of masculine and feminine energy put this way. I am not one of these people that's like this woo-woo energies, whatever. I realize our bodies have energy in them. I mean, there is constant electrical electrical conductivity happening in our bodies. There is, you know, there's mitochondria that are creating energy. I get that. We have quantum energy around us and in us and through us. And I think that there's probably reasons why we have been warned against um, the occult and practices as such, uh, digging into other people's energies. So anyway, all that to say, I was like at first turned off. I'm like, oh, heck no, I'm not listening to this masculine and feminine energy thing. And what I realized, the way this guest put it was that uh, masculine energy is this energy that go that is a go, 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 go. And when you think about it, men are created to go, go, go. They are created to provide and protect and have that, um, you know, like that cat-like reflexes is what I'm like thinking. And they're they're the ones that have hormonal makeup and chemical makeup that um, provides them the opportunity. Men um, go to war. They don't have to sleep. I mean, yes, we all need to sleep, but they don't have to sleep as much as us women. They don't have as much body fat. They have more muscle, muscle tissue. They have a lot of different body makeup because they were provided to be able to withstand that kind of stress. But then when we have pulled women out of the house and away from home and being the admins of our home, the nurturers of our children and of our marriages and and so forth, when we have done that, we have put women in masculine roles. And our bodies, if you look, when women start getting taken out of the home, our bodies have changed. Our female bodies have um, held on to, you know, struggled with estrogen, struggling with too much estrogen. And many of us women that have too much estrogen started growing facial hair. Hmm, there's something there, right? Um, and I'm just using that as an example. And it's, I'm very simplifying it right now. But when a woman, when you think of feminine energy, 
feminine energy is sensual. It can be powerful too, don't get me wrong, but it's sensual. It's um, it's this idea of gentleness and it's this idea of, and when I say gentleness, I don't mean like, because we all know I'm not a gentle person by any means. I am the most clumsiest. Like even when I walked in the office today, I was clanking keys and I was loud and someone's patient was sitting outside in their door and she just looked at me and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I make an entrance wherever I go. So I'm not saying gentleness like that. I'm saying gentleness of spirit and gentleness of wanting and seeing um, needs that need to be met kind of thing. Anyway, I just lost track uh, where I was going. Anyway, women are, um, anytime a woman is pulled out of the home, it needs to be an elite opportunity. That means that we shouldn't be at everyone's beck and call just because they call. Our priority is what's under our roof. And that made me cry. Um, I think I was actually cooking dinner at the time. And I was crying because I'm like, when did cooking dinner become this place that I hated doing? And that I was so detached from. Because it wasn't like that. When I first moved to Southwest Ohio, I was actually very grateful to be able to have time to cook for my kids and family and clean up. And I was so grateful for my home and the kitchen, the large kitchen that I have. And I'm like, what happened? You know what happened? I was distracted in the overwhelm and doing and performing and I was pulled out of the house again. And I'm not saying that we can't be working women. I am literally out of the home right now. I am in my office and I am working. But my work needs to be an elite opportunity. And because every single patient or client or my Wilderness of Wellness members that I meet with, anytime I am meeting with someone that is not in my, under my roof, it is an elite opportunity to be with that person, at least female. And so I realized that I needed to lean back into a place where I could, where I could trust and have this community of women in my life to help me sort out my thoughts and help me stay focused on my priorities. Not everybody else's, not what the world says, not this go, go, go energy. So that's what I did in January. And I started January, 2023 in my inner circle mastermind with Tracy Harris and her husband, Carl. And uh, they're out of Australia. So I'll have to talk about that here in a little bit. They're out of Australia. So um, I learned also in January that I have to put subtitles on sometimes to understand what they're saying because they jumble their vowels together or some of their um, sayings or words they use are not the same that we use here. And I have to remember, so like the weed eater or the weed whacker that we have, I, it's called the something whipper. Whippersnipper is what they call their weed whacker. And I'm like, what is a whippersnipper? Anyway, um, just some weird things like that. But that's what I learned in January. February, I was a new chicken mom. I got eight new chickens. I actually ordered seven and they sent me an extra. And I, because of needing, knowing that I needed to slow down, um, and I thought that having chickens would be a great addition to our family in our backyard. We have plenty of room for them. And so I know I knew I needed to slow down. And the moments with my chickens in February um, provided the opportunity to do that. I got them in February, I should say. And so it was so exciting as we, as a family, the kids and I and my husband, we all, you know, kept going to Rural King and Tractor Supply and looking online, all the things we wanted to get them. And it was just like shopping for another member of the family. And it was just, it was very bonding. And I think that's another thing I needed was just that family project that was fun and exciting and everyone got into it. So um, I was able to lean into those quiet moments 
with my family and my chickens, getting to know them and meet their needs. In March, I learned that I am able to build things from nothing. I have the tenacity to move forward, but here's the clincher. I have to get clarity first and sit in that. You see, last year I was making an all, like I had been for years, like making new programs for my business, for this, for the crying to my cheesecake business, a holistic health clinic, making new programs, uh, making new content all the time for everybody and doing everything from scratch because I love creating content. I love teaching. I love that aspect of, of the, of having this holistic health clinic, which is why I'm making the podcast. Um, I love creating things. It is so much fun. It helps me to um, feel connected to others and helps me to serve others in ways that maybe I can't do in person if they're far away and things. Anyway, so I know that I am able to build things from nothing, like create memberships (laughs) um, and create things like that. But I and I know I have the tenacity to move forward in it. But the thing is, is that I was running through life without clarity. I was running in my business without clarity and I would just like, oh, let's just do this this month. Let's do this this month. And I thought about that too. As an, and even as I'm talking now, I'm like, oh my goodness, I was, how many places in my life in the past have I not had clarity and I just go with it? And I think back to when I was a child doing my first dieting program and I was like, I didn't have any clarity. The only thing I knew was that I could build things from nothing. I knew that I had the tenacity to move forward because I'm a really darn good athlete, but I have, I had no clarity of why I needed to diet. I had no clarity of what I needed to do. And I had no clarity of what was actually going on with my body, why I was overweight nearly my whole life to begin with. And actually, I don't even think I've ever not been overweight in my life. I've always been obese or overweight. Anyway, but I have, like, I realize that I have to get clarity first and then sit in it because it feels weird. It feels like I'm doing nothing for me, for someone that is constantly plagued by overwhelm and needing to always do something. It feels like awkward, like I'm not doing anything, like I'm not serving, like I have no purpose. So in March, I learned that clarity was vital to any kind of sustainable progress in any area of my life. In April, because I had that clarity of what I wanted to do, and I knew what I wanted to do, I wanted to only offer, I wanted to run a naturopathic clinic, and I wanted to offer or run my membership, and that was it. That's all I wanted to do. But in April, a weird bitterness started to creep in. And I'm not a bitter person by any means. I am one of those people that will forgive. I won't forget, but I'll forgive like within a moment of someone apologizing and taking ownership, I will forgive and I'm good. And even if they don't, I realize, okay, that's on me. I need to forgive. It's not about them. But a weird bitterness was creeping in and I'm like, okay, this is not like me. What is going on? And I had to seek some counsel on this because I'm just like, why do I feel this way? And it was because I was finally starting to make choices that aligned with my actual life by design. I had the realization that I could make a life by design and that bitterness was actually the feelings that were tied to the things I had said yes to in the need to be wanted, desired, used. Uh, And I don't mean used like 
used and abused. I mean, like I want to be used. I want my skills to be on display and it's not for my glory. Like I don't like, I just enjoy sharing my skills with others. And I realized though, that that bitterness was actually connected to things I had said yes to that may have been good at the time, but weren't good any longer. And so I had to seek wise counsel on, oh my goodness, like I'm feeling guilt, feeling guilt that I said yes to this. And what if I leave? What's going to happen? I felt guilt of like, but then what's going to like, you know, like the unknown. I felt guilt and shame over the unknown of how other people would take it if I stepped back. And that was hard. But what I did know was that I had to go seek counsel. And I started therapy in April started back, I should say, back into regular therapy in April because I knew what was coming in July. And we'll talk about that when we get to July. But April, I had that, I had, I knew that a lot was coming this summer and like what I wanted, that life by design did not include all of the stress of these other places. So then May rolls around and May really solidified what it feels like when I've outgrown something or a group or what, what, what have you. I didn't like how I felt in May. I felt torn. I felt a sense of obligation, but also this dissonance inside me, this turmoil inside me of feeling trapped in a cage. And what I realized was the last time I felt that was when I was stuck in my hometown. I felt trapped in my hometown. You see, my hometown has one stoplight. And even to this day, that stoplight will shut off on um, late at night and it will shut off and, well, not shut off, but it'll flash yellow or red um, on the weekends, you know, at nighttime or whatever. It really doesn't need a stoplight. It really could probably use a stop sign, except for when the school and the factories let out at the same time. Um, But I grew up in a fishbowl where... Everyone was allowed to have an opinion on me. Everyone was allowed to have an opinion about me, but I was not allowed to be myself. I had to put on a persona. I had to have my hair a certain way. I couldn't leave the house without makeup and my hair done or certain clothes. I wasn't allowed to hang out with certain people It, w- it because of how it looked. And I will just leave it like that. But that was the last time I felt this weird sense of needing to break free and it was ugly and I finally spoke up and said um, I spoke up to the people I needed to and said look um, I have a lot on my plate this summer I need to take a step back and I left it at that and it's been a really good break Um, it was very much God-centered God-led and I am so grateful I did that in May because this summer we're not there yet. (laughs) The summer was rough. The summer was hard. June, I knew I needed to, to design my own path, my own way in life, my own way in my health and wellness business, this, this naturopathic business and the wilderness of wellness. And so I made a very prayerful, but a very, very, um, butt puckering (laughs) decision to build out my own software and um, have my own membership on my own so- on my own software that it was owned by me, no one else, no third party company that's hosting my stuff, nothing like that. Because I realized what I wanted to say and what I wanted to talk about and what how I wanted to serve my members was not going to be able to be done on the platform I was using. 
And I want to address my people um, about politics. I want to address my people about God and about the relationship with God. I want to address my people about big pharma. I want to talk about vaccines. I want to talk about, um, excuse me, I'm, I want to talk about all of the things that I never thought in America that we'd have to be filtered or worried about being filtered about. Um, I wanted it to be a safe space that I could control. And it was easy that if I wanted to add updates or if I wanted to meet people in different ways, I could. So that's, that's why I've actually created three tiers of my wilderness of wellness membership, because not everybody needs hardcore coaching or support. Not everybody wants that and not everybody wants it all for long term. But also people do want things to focus on each month. People do want resources on how to and, and access to tools, knowing that this is how, you know, this is how I handle this or this is what I need to work on for my figuring out my own life by design or recipes and making their own meal plans. Because who wants to be told what to eat? Why can't we just look up in like just on my platform? I'm just saying in my platform, you can literally type in what sounds good to you. And then start making your own meal plans. How cool is that? And then you can actually print out the the shopping list. And you can also, um, if you have Instacart, you can actually go and check out with that. Like that's that's how easy it is. So I created that membership in a way to not only to meet meet everyone's needs so much differently than I could on a different platform. And I love it. It launched in January of this year of 2024. Uh, and so it's still very new um, and it's still not done, but we are working on it and it has, I'm loving every single one of the ladies that has entered in. My former ladies or my OGs are still in there and we're loving every bit of it and loving the connection. So I realized in June that sometimes it takes butt puckering on your knees, praying kind of decisions and taking action to pave your own way, to live your life your way. And God is in that scary in between. He's in that wait period. He's in the unknown. And I, I'm i smiling, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, that was so overwhelming and scary to step into. Okay, guys, here comes July. Um, I don't even know where to start in July. So I... <laughs> Oh my gosh. So it was the 4th of July and it's kind of a big deal. 4th of July here and where we live, it's, uh, we have an Americana festival and, and it's, it's a big deal. Well, we didn't end up going because I was not in the mood to go. And I feel really bad saying that because that's not me. That was my fear and anxiousness getting to me. I had to go to my parents' house, um, and be there. For, I think I was there for a week and a half, like 10 days. And that was 10 days, probably too long for me. Um, I wrote to Helen, it's a weird and hard month. Well, yeah, it, it, I don't think weird is accurate. I think hard was, is more accurate because I was in November and I'm like, wasn't it just July? Isn't it interesting how time flies even faster when we are trying, when when we are in the midst of trauma, or we are having to face difficult times, and it's almost like our body has forgotten, um, or our brains have gone into protection mode, and it's like, oh, that didn't even happen. That wasn't anyway. 
I just felt like I, I feel like I've lost my July and kind of like how I felt like I lost my 2020 and 2021 and 2022, all of that. Uh, July was, so my mom, okay, let me back up. My dad has been in stage four heart failure, which is almost unheard of for this long. Um, he's been in it for about two years now, year and a half, two years. It's almost unheard of to be in stage four heart failure for that long. And he is unable to be left alone. He was starting to fall a lot. Like when I say fall, I mean holes in the wall, cracking his skull, like not his skull, cracking skin open. He then decided that he was going to fall and break his arm. And he wasn't getting the proper health care he needed. He wasn't having like, anyway, my mom is not confident in um, speaking up. She doesn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. And I think that there is an insecurity there of, am I even smart enough to speak up and demand help? I don't know what to say, all of that. So I got put in charge of that. Meanwhile, my mother had her other knee replaced, the right knee replaced. When she had her left knee replaced, like she recovered so stinking fast. She didn't stop driving. Like she was very independent after her left knee was replaced. But the right one we were concerned about because, you know, you can't drive. You need you need a right leg to drive. This is weird. But when I was in Australia, I realized I'm like, oh, wait, is there gas pedal on the same side? Like because they drive on the wrong side of the road. And I'm like, is there gas pedal still on the right? I don't know. I didn't even pay attention. I bet it is. It has to be on the right hand side. Anyway, um, all that to say, um, I had to go and help to care for my parents. It was harder to care for my father than it was to care for my last child who did not sleep for th- for two and a half years. He didn't sleep by himself for three and a half years. I was exhausted. I was stressed. I went armed and guarded with proper foods. I went armed and garden with uh, guarded garden guarded with the right supplements and the supports. I was not sleeping. I was in a very light sleep. You know how it is if you're a mom, like you sleep in that very light sleep because you're afraid you're going to hear something happen. Every time I heard my dad move, I was like awake, making sure he wasn't going to hurt himself. Um, It was, it was like being on 24 seven. Plus I was still working. I still worked full time while I was there. And I still had to get up early for for appointments with my clients and I still had to get up early for and stay up late for uh, my mastermind calls and I still had content to make. I still had life and then I was still homeschooling my kids from afar. I was three and a half hours away from my kids. I was away from my kids longer than I had ever been and that was really hard. Um, I was away from my husband for that long, but he and I had been apart that long, just, you know, military things and whatever, but that was really hard. I was homeschooling my kids from three and a half hours away and I'm grateful I can do that, but they were missing their mom and I was missing them. I was homesick. I was sick. Uh, I started to feel my immune system go wonky. And how do I know? Um, I started to just feel like my lymph nodes were swelling. I was getting very sluggish. My brain wasn't working the way it was supposed to. Um, Even though I was eating well, everything catches up. Um, I was verbally abused. And that was partially in pain and partially mostly because of undealt with trauma from childhood and adulthood. Um, I was 
having to, I had to have my crap together at all times. And when I got home, I was actually grateful my husband had to leave um, that weekend because then that allowed me to come home. It was an excuse to come home because I wasn't strong enough to just say, I can't do this anymore. So I am grateful that he had to leave, but I'm also, when I got out of the car, he looked at me, my husband looked at me and he said, um, you look like you just got back from war. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, Danielle, you don't look like yourself. I have never slept. I, I went to Australia in October. I've been to Dubai. I have been in weird time zones and whatever, and I have never slept harder and longer than when I got home from that trip up to my family. There's lots of weird um, hardships, I should say, between the relationships up there. Lots of misunderstanding, lots of jealousy, lots of unspoken things, and lots of competition, lots of things like that. So it was just very, very hard. I could not be authentically me. I could not and did not live my life by design in July. And so I continued therapy, all of that, moved into August. And this was refreshing. I turned 39 in August. And what made me really excited is that I realized when I turned 39, I felt better physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally than I had ever felt in my life. 39 years old and I feel amazing. But in August, I felt hope, excitement that lies in my new profession as a naturopathic doctor because I went to the um, conference of where I'm going to be taking my boards, the American Naturopathic Medical Association. And I learned how um, I learned how the body responds to energetic medicine, which is homeopathy, that how we how our bodies actually work to cure themselves and what symptoms are actually being pointed to. And I loved it. In September, I started to get in front of people again, and I realized what has been missing from my life, and that is serving my community. So that's why I have an office now in person so that people locally um, or from out of town want to fly in and want to be served in front of my face. And I can get my hands on people and start serving my community again. So I felt that deep desire to start serving people in my community. In October, I realized and learned that deep friendships for me are not usually found in proximity. I'm going to say that again. Deep friendships for me are not usually found in proximity. I flew to Australia by myself, um, the longest I have flown out of country by myself. And I wasn't scared at all because, and I, I feel like I should have been, <laughs> I should have been. But from the moment I landed in Australia, I had a friend who went out of her way to pick me up at the airport. Oh, I've got tears in my eyes just thinking about it. Oh my gosh. She picks me up and takes me to McDonald's, which was on the wrong side of the road. And they had different food there than we have. But she takes me to McDonald's and gets me a coffee and and then escorts me and takes me to my hotel and makes sure that I'm taken care of. And then when I get there and I get cleaned up because my room wasn't done, but the hotel let me clean up in a different bathroom. 
or in a private bathroom. Um, another friend, she, I told her I was really in severe jet lag. Uh, oh my goodness. I don't have a Kleenex sitting on my desk. Uh, tears are rolling down my face. Um, I had another friend come and pick me up and made me get out in the sun and walked me in the sun to get, you know, sun therapy and get me heated up again. And then she got me some food. We went and had some breakfast and I ate nothing but fresh foods the whole time. Anyway, all that to say, from the moment I landed in Australia, I felt like my people were there. I've, I have not felt like I was whisked away and cared for like that and loved on such a deep level. And, and I say that, and I mean that by friends, because we can have hospitality. Like there's hospitality. People have the gift of hospitality. That is not mine. Um, I can, with the Holy Spirit's help, have hospitality, but that's not my gift. But this kind of hospitality and deep love was different. Um, I got to meet with powerhouse women where there was no such thing as competition. It was like, I shared some very vulnerable things with me. They shared very vulnerable things, you know, back and it's, I'm sorry that I shared very vulnerable things for, with them. And then they shared things with me and I'm just overwhelmed at how much, I don't know. And it sucks because I can't just call them up and say, hey, let's go get a coffee, which coffee is a big thing in Australia. And they want me to move there, but I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, guys. My red, white, and blue um, is much different than your red, white, and blue. Um, I don't I don't think I can do that because, okay, so let me explain. So when I was in Australia, it really didn't feel like I was, other than the people driving on the wrong side of the road, it really did and they talk funny. It doesn't didn't feel different than America, Okay. Um, but what did feel different was like, there was literally, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, honestly, until about the end. There was no sense of, this is weird. I, as I say this out loud, I'm like, this actually sounds really weird if you're not an American. Um, but it, there was not a sense of patriotism <laughs> and there was not a sense of Jesus or religion anywhere. It was very void and empty of Jesus. And like, if you're from America, you're going to understand this when I say it. But when I got to, when I landed in LA, the first thing I saw were people wearing Jesus t-shirts. And I'm like, that's what was missing. And of all places in LA, there were Jesus t-shirts. But like the whole point I'm, I'm getting at is like, holy crap, they're much, they're definitely very different than us. They're not founded on religion. They're not founded on the freedom and the patriotism and the protection of, of who we are. Like, it's just, it's, it's different. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong. It was just different. Definitely couldn't move there and become a citizen. I don't think, um, I say that, but I didn't say never because never, you know, we don't ever say never, right? We don't ever say never because we just don't know. But anyway, deep friendships for me are usually not found in proximity, which means that I have to make more effort to keep those relationships up. And I'm hoping that that encourages anybody that feels very lonely right now. Um, anyway. Okay. So move on to November. So November, I had this, I, we had a lesson on audaciousness and I learned that audaciousness actually isn't bad. I remember as a child, and even growing up, I remember people saying the audacity she has, like that shameful, scornful tone. So audacity has been to me like a, like something that's like a faux pas or it's like, what is that called when you don't, it's not acceptable by c culture or whatever. Um, but it was always this like 
the audacity she had, like it implying disregard of restraints commonly imposed by convention or prudence or whatever. And so I thought to be a good girl, you weren't audacious. But then I realized that maybe audacity needs to change in my mind. What if audacity was that she had the audacity to change? She had the audacity to be different, to stand out because she is set free and set apart. And so that has changed how I'm approaching everything in my life. I am going to be audacious. I am audacious. I'm going to stand up and against and different from um, my competition online and in, in, in the community with um, holistic modalities of, of, of healing and because I'm not going to offer new age supports. And if I have questions about something to me that comes up as new and I want to make sure before I start recommending it or offering it that it aligns with scripture, I'm going to be getting um, support from my pastors at church and my elders at church and like have them pray with me over it. And um, I'm also going to stand up and stand out as different online because I'm going to because I approach things differently. Everything to me is connected. Your symptoms are a sign of a root cause, but that root cause isn't necessarily hormones. Hormones is not a root cause. Um, Your hormones, like all of that crazy scammy marketing, I'm done with. I'm done with creating content for content's sake. I'm done with I'm done with trying to serve everyone. I don't want to serve everyone. I don't want to serve bitter people. I don't want to receive text messages or messages from clients that are rude, condescending, mean, not thoughtful, not, not loving and not, um, not a, uh, reflection of what I want to serve and who I want to serve here. So then that moves me into December of 2023. And I really do remember telling my husband, I was laying in bed and this is probably TMI, but he rubs my feet every night before bed and it's really helped me calm down, but it's also really nice. Um, But in December of 2023, I remember telling my husband that it was about me finding my people. It was about me learning who I wanted to be around, who I aligned with and who I didn't, who I wanted to show up for who I wanted to serve and to make those things and those people my priority. I don't want to appease the greater masses. And I know I'm not for that. I also know that I am no longer a nutrition coach. I started nutrition coaching in, um, in 2019. Then I moved into become a, and I, oh, sorry, in 2019, I became a nutrition coach and that was awesome. And it set my foot, my feet in this idea of people being able to change their diet, changing their lives. But I realized that that's very lacking, that I cannot serve someone's heartburn. I can't take care of their heartburn. I can't take care of their constipation. I can't take care of their IBS or any other, their migraines and all those things. So then I became a nutritional therapy practitioner. And in that, I still did nutrition coaching, right? Like that's still part of it. But then I added on top of that, being able to find root cause and utilizing foods and herbs and um, tinctures and other things to help them heal that root cause with food and lifestyle adjustments. But now, or but that was limiting. I couldn't treat. I didn't have a wider scope to actually go in and like find disease and infections and other things that may actually be causing these other problems. So now 
as a naturopathic doctor, I am using nutrition coaching. I am using nutritional therapy, but I'm actually able to treat and and prevent and allow you to reverse some of your diseases. And some, if not most, I can help with people that are um, done with their chemo treatment. I can help with children. I can do all sorts of things that a functional nurse practitioner can do. The only thing I can't do is offer insurance and um, write prescriptions. That's all I can't do. And so if you are interested in finding and working with a holistic practitioner that I can't be your primary care provider, but I can essentially, as long as you have a primary care provider that can do, you know, emergency things or whatever, but I can provide acute treatments for things as well. So if you are interested in a naturopathic approach for your support or for your health, let me know. Um, I am currently taking new patients. I'm uh, building up my, uh, my patient load and my case load so that I can have um, the opportunity to serve in the community. And my community, like I said, is not by proximity. It's not found in proximity while some are, but my community is you. My community is my Instagram followers. My community is people on my newsletter in my wilderness of wellness. My community are the people that come and work with me as well. So take that step, take that step and you can, and down in the show notes, you're going to be able to find how to get started with me as a new patient. Um, and what that looks like, I'm going to pull back here just a minute. What does it look like to become a new patient of mine? You are sent lots and lots of forms. I say lots and lots of forms. It's pages of a couple of forms. And I'm going to find out your health history from birth, including your parents' health, like, you know, their main, their basic health. Um, all the way to who you are right now and what you're experiencing right now. I'm going to feel or, or see your symptom burden and assess that. And then we are going to have an initial wellness call or visit in person where I can put my hands on you and actually do some muscle testing. And I can do some other tests, some other like hands-on testing, like iridology and so forth. And if you're here virtual, if you're a virtual client or patient of mine, that's totally fine because I actually have ways I can test you virtually as well, just like I would do in person. Um, But yes, if you're interested in that, check it out in the show notes. I would love to have you. I would love to have you here as part of my community, whether you're close in proximity or not. Remember, that doesn't matter. What matters is finding the connections of the people that get you and love you anyway. (laughs) Or maybe that's just me. But that is my wrap on 2023. I would love to hear from you and hear what your wrap on 2023 is. You can seriously just send me an email at hello at cryinginmycheesecake.com or come find me on Instagram at crying in my cheesecake. But for now, I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. The fact that you're here and you allow me in your ears for however many minutes this has been, I am so grateful and I hope it has encouraged you to make a next best step for your health. Take a look at those show notes for more information or other links I mentioned in the episode. And remember, my DMs are always open on Instagram and so is my email inbox. Hello at cryinginmycheesecake.com or at crying in my cheesecake on Instagram. I will talk to you soon.